On this week's show, Scaffold Chairman Denise Richmond on why they had no choice but to cancel the fixtures. There was no appetite to have behind closed doors. Clubs can't afford and can't, it's not sustainable for clubs to do that. Sheffield United Chairman Matt Smith says, please don't come and watch us on Saturday. On Saturday, I'm seriously considering not going myself. I never thought I'd say that ever to a Sheffield game, but... I've got to do what's right for my family as, as well as the guys that I'm going to see for a little Hampton. And Corinthian manager Michael Golden hopes his team can hit form as they restart. But yeah, momentum's key for, for any teams at the top of the league that, that are playing so well. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's COVID-19 update, dressed up as a podcast about non-league football in the county of Kent, sponsored by SCSA Sports Management. Another strange old week in our world of non-league football. We've got three interviews for you this week, all from people who are probably in the strangest situation of the lot. I'm John Phipps, a man who is allowed to go to his local pub if he's having a substantial meal, like a scotch egg apparently. And on the line now is a man who was on his way to Berkshire last night, only for a positive COVID test to spoil his evening. Thankfully that test wasn't for him. So, Matt Gerard, how the devil are you? Not bad. Do you love a Scotch egg? I do love a Scotch egg. Well, you, the ones you made in the last lockdown look very appealing. Yeah, I've made them since. I wouldn't do it again because it was an absolute pain. But <laughs> but I do like I do like a Scotch egg. So um, I used to as a kid, I used to, I think you used to get two packs of like eighty nine p, and I used to eat them. I was a bit of a tubby boy as a teenager. So yeah, but that's probably just now a bit scoffing Scotch eggs. But I do like a Scotch egg. The ones at Marks are quite nice. See, you know, I was always more of a steak and kidney pie man, and, and no, I'm, I'm still tubby now at nearly 40, so... <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, I do like a Scottish... Yeah, so that's... Yeah, that, that, I think it's probably it's probably a naff thing to eat in the 80s and 90s, but now it's... Sexy, sexy to have a Scotch egg, yeah, but because all these these uh, chefs have them. But yeah, I, I do like a Scotch egg. It's getting the middle bit in the running. My sister-in-law made... She sent me a picture because she knows I like Scotch eggs, and hers look a lot better than mine, but at least I gave it a go. I, d- I don't mind a scotch egg, but my problem is I don't really like egg white. So oh, no, you're the, uh, I, my wife and my both my kids, when we have like poached eggs or you know things like that, they never eat the white, and the white is the best bit. So, so, so you know, with with the poached egg, I will eat the white because it's not very thick. But with a fried egg, I'm like, well, normally what happens is I eat the yolk and then I will pass it over to the the egg machine that lives in my house or Haley as she's more commonly known because she will eat any sort of egg. I don't like scrambled egg particularly, and she makes belting scrambled egg does she but i i, I just don't I, I just can't eat it I, I i find it really hard to eat the egg white so i tell you what matt when this is all over we'll go and have a, a, a an egg day out and i'll eat the yolks and you can have the white yeah i do yeah nothing wrong with it yeah an egg. i don't like a cadbury's cream egg but anything else like a, oh, a poached egg i was gonna yeah. say my favorite sort of egg is definitely easter <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly. again yeah. that's why i'm tubby at nearly 40 <laughs> <laughs> But no, no, yeah, so, yeah, but so yeah, no, I don't know why. You, yeah, the, the white's the best bit. So at least I know I'm going to be full up when the kids when we have those things. I know the kids aren't going to eat them. So I'm going to, do you know, after I've done this, I'm going to do a poll on Twitter on the Kent Only podcast. What is your favourite bit of the egg? White, the yolk, or both? And we'll see who wins, shall we? Uh, yeah, well, going on the people that I know and you know, it won't be the white because you crazy people don't like it. What a, no. what a way to start a pod. I know. The eggs. Well, there's stuff, to be fair, there's next to no football to talk about, so I we might as well either, make I, the I, most I, of it, mightn't we? Uh, I'm, even, I'm even going to start the poll while I'm while I'm doing the podcast, so um, I hope everybody uh, doesn't mind that there may be some tapping away. Uh, but I'm going to I'm going to do the poll in a minute, and we'll, I'll give you an update when we finish recording. Um, so, anyway, so, did you have a boiled egg? 
Yeah, but I only really like the yolk. <laughs> oh, dearie me. I mean, I, I will sometimes, under duress, get dig the dig the white out with the spoon and eat it. But it, as far as I'm concerned, it's only the, the, the lovely golden yolk and the soldiers that really interest me in a boiled egg. Well, carry on with it. So what happens if you've overboiled your egg and it's not runny? What would you do then? Launch it at a cat, probably. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not that's not true. I just I just wouldn't eat it. I, I, I well, I'd eat it, but I'd be like, oh, I wouldn't really enjoy it because um, I don't like I don't particularly like the egg white. So I don't I don't mind a hard boiled egg, but you know the the, the white for me. So is... You'd have a you'd have a hard boiled egg like in a salad or something like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, but it's just not my my preference. Um, there you go. It's our 148th episode this week, and the first one to really centre on eggs. Uh, and I thought it might be an interesting number, but it, but it really wasn't. However, in the year 148 AD, Emperor Antonius Pius hosted a series of grand games to celebrate Rome's 900th anniversary. I'll tell you what, I bet that was actually quite exciting. And it comes to something when we're jealous of the Romans for getting their competitive sport pay, played. Oh yeah, well. That shows how old. So AD, so minus seven hundred and thirty-two. Rome have been around a bit long, more than that. So seven hundred and. So what happens? All right. Well, I suppose they, they weren't a big fan of Jesus, were they? So they wouldn't probably. They, yeah, they didn't like him that much, did they? No. Yeah, it's been a Christmas sort of feel there. We don't want to. Well, that is linked to Easter as well, I suppose. Yeah. So there is a there is a link there. Yeah, we better move on now before we get into trouble. We certainly had. So sadly, unlike the Romans in 148 AD, we don't have much competitive sports to discuss this week. After Kent was, as we predicted last week, plunged into tier three status as of midnight this morning. That left some difficult decisions and the scaffold went early, thankfully, designed to cancel all fixtures between now and at least December the 26th, which was surely the only course of action they could take. That, however, doesn't include the FA Vars from Saturday. There are five Vars ties, another one on Sunday. Incredibly, with Glee being in the London borough of Bromley, although not a London postcode, so still definitely a Kent club in the eyes of this podcast, none of those games do actually take place in the Tier 3 area. We will discuss those games shortly. But first, here are the thoughts of Scaffold Chair Denise Richmond, who I spoke to on Tuesday, and I started by asking her if it had been a tough week for her and the board. Yeah, it has. We've had, obviously, difficult decisions to make, but we've also... Uh, have to be mindful of of clubs, spectators, volunteers, etc. And also, with knowing our club's ambitions, we, we we do want to try and work to complete the season. But that shouldn't be at all costs. I think it's fair to say. And obviously, so the decision now is there's going to be no football until at least the 26th of December, and and that's going to be reviewed in the middle of this month, as I understand. Yeah, and what we're waiting for is the, uh, the there's a further announcement on or around the 16th of December. So we're hopeful that we can then react quickly to that. We can ever be hopeful that that depending on on whether there's movement in how the tiers are. I don't know if the right word is appointed or allocated, but how those tiers are, are allocated, shall we say, that if there's movement and we reduce the number of step, uh, tier three. Uh, areas and therefore clubs then there's there may be some potential to get football moving when the whole of kent was put into tier three i'm guessing that the scaffold didn't really have a choice no i don't think we did we we tried to think ways around it you know whether we should have the tiers uh, the the clubs that are in tier two which is mostly london borough based clubs whether they could play each other but then that messes up the potential season, if you like, and, 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 and also restricts. Definitely, there was no appetite to have uh, closed 
behind closed doors. Clubs can't afford and can't, it's not sustainable for clubs to do that. Um, even tier two makes life difficult uh, if you're not allowed to have refreshments and coffees and things like that. Although uh, just today I learned in, in Sussex, they, so actually for, from the Southern Combination League, a lot of the, the clubs, they're, they're all in tier two, so they're going ahead with their programme. And they've a lot of their clubs have been in contact with their local authorities and they are supportive of them selling teas and coffees and food from their tea huts, if you like, for a better description. So they're classing that as safe to do so. So I think it's a matter of our clubs, as and when we make decisions to start playing again, it's a matter for our clubs to contact their local authority and see if they can get that to work for them too. But you can't you can't play behind closed doors. And I think it, it, at this stage with a 50-50 split almost, it seems the best and safest option not to play games. I, I don't think it's likely, but if, if the government did decide and say, well, some parts of Kent are tier three, some parts are tier two, that would obviously be a completely different situation for, for the league, I would imagine. Yes, it would. And then it's you're probably then having to deal with a lot more, a lot, a, a bit smaller number of clubs who might be um, told to play behind closed doors. But until we get that information, I've no idea what we decide to do or anything, but it does make it a different discussion, I think it's fair to say. Obviously, we are talking at this from a football point of view, but as you said to me before we started recording, obviously the virus has been brought right home to the scaffold with the with the sad news about Lawrence Plummer last week. So it, it, we've got to remember, see the bigger picture here, haven't we? Yeah, we do, and I think that's what we try to do as a as a as a as a leading group for the league. We try to see that it's not just about it, whether football gets played; it's it's about our volunteers and spectators, how vul vulnerable they are, and how how susceptible they can be. I think it, it, that certainly brought it home to everybody. Um, and we also, you know, John Moores, our vice chair, was ill earlier in the season with it too, and um, so it, it does bring it home. That, that you need to be very careful and you need to take care and be mindful of that it's, it's, it's out there. There's no there's no mistake in that at all. Um, obviously, the added complication is the FA Vars as well. I mean, as luck would have it, all of our teams are, are away or out playing outside of the county. But if they'd been home ties, it would have been all sorts of issues, wouldn't there, this weekend? They would have been challenges for the clubs to decide whether they could actually afford to host the game without any spectators, because obviously spectators are not allowed to travel into Tier 3. Um, and, and if you're in Tier 3, you're not allowed to have spectators at all anyway, even home ones. So I think that that, that would be a big challenge for clubs and big decisions would need to be made at club level. Uh, it, you, that it would be their decision. We could try and support them any way we could, but it, it would be their decision as to whether they continue to play. I think it's particularly frustrating as well because we're having an outstanding season, especially in, in the Premier Division with so many teams at the top doing so, so well. It's, it's really it's almost like we've had a brilliant start and they've just been completely curtailed from a football point of view. Yeah, I, and, and people will potentially clubs and, and teams will lose momentum. Hopefully not, because I think I think I've said to you before actually, as a, as a league, I think we're very competitive. We're strong. We always we do do well in in the in the national competitions, and and this season so far is is proving that that we're worthy of that that strength. Um, and I just I just hope clubs don't lose that momentum, that teams don't, and they continue to be competitive. One would hope that players have been keeping themselves fit 
in the background in the last month. It's not like last time when it was an unend- in, unending lockdown. This was designated time, so you could do things yourself to keep to maintain your fitness. I appreciate that's not match fitness necessarily, but you could do something to maintain it. So hopefully when we do get to play, people will come back as strong as before. Obviously, there's a lot of leagues up and down the country, and I gather you all sort of have been together. Did you feel you've had better communication from the FA generally this time? Absolutely, yeah. Much more supportive since we started back. We have regular monthly meetings for all Step 5, 6 leagues. Obviously, I was elected on two... um, the FA Council to represent steps five and six and I have been communicating with fellow chairmen around the country and, and I know that, that leagues are having to make difficult more difficult decisions than us really for, for, for example the Northern Counties East League have 37 of their 40 teams uh, are all in tier three so they've basically just stopped football until January um, I, I think the Northern League uh, are reviewing it as and when the, the next announcement comes out and I think Northwest counties have probably got a, it's probably about a 60 40 split of, of tier three or tier two but then you've got the southwest and and they've got tier one and tier two so it, it's all it's quite an eclectic mix across the country and one size doesn't fit all as much as we'd like we, and we are trying to work together more closely both amongst ourselves and with the FA, we've still got to be mindful of that we're all in different situations as, as we move around the country. And just finally, um, worst case scenario from a football point of view, but is there a contingency in place if, if the season has to finish or is there a set date the season has to be finished by or, or, or what's going on? No, I think they're reviewing the end season date at the moment. Normally it would finish, uh, normal playing for season would finish on the 28th of April. They're looking to extend that out into May, but I think they need to get various permissions because obviously think regulate this part of the regulations. I think they're, they're looking to extend that out. I think that also, um, we, the, the recent, there was a recent survey conducted across clubs where I think the majority of clubs voted they do want a resolution to the season, but we're not quite sure how that will be yet. I think it's just, you need to, we, I think it won't be made till closer to the time, um, because obviously you don't know how many leagues will complete 50% of their games, 70% of their games, 20% of their games. So it's, it's, it's up in the air. There's no, no decision that has been made by that other than, Everyone wants to to get a resolution so that clubs get promoted. But again, it can't be at all costs, can it? They have to be mindful of where we are and how people are. Uh, I think it's safe to say, Matt, that they just didn't have a choice, did they? As I said to her there, there was really nothing they could do. No, I think it's the the right decision. Uh, Will they, I suppose, the 16th or whatever it is, it could open it. Certain parts of the county could go into Tier 2 and other ones stay in Tier 3. It's the crazy situation that Kent in the main part of it didn't really that have much issues did we really but now it's from here but it's the, i think it's the right decision i think the scaffold have worked it well they've done a, quite a number of fixtures in four lockdown two and i think they're well organized how they can do these things so they're a well-run league but i think it was the right decision to to block it from there and we'll see what happens on the 16th if they start on the 26th as well but uh, i see the kent county league is Stopped everything in the whole of December, isn't it? So on that, I read today. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I don't envy them in these decisions. So we've been pretty critical of the FA and the National League on this, but the scaffold seem to have been, right, organised and, right, we're not going to do it. They haven't dillied and dallied. So uh, maximum respect to the board, boards there. And I think all the clubs probably, all the clubs must agree with it. I think it's the right decision. I think 
it was interesting when she said there about, you know, they did consider the possibility of letting the London clubs play on um, from a sort of giving them a chance. But as she said, it would already make a lopsided league even worse because you'd only have a handful of clubs playing who would be able to actually complete their fixtures. And then all the other teams would be playing catch up and and that would just completely skew the rest of the season, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, I, I think... Um... I think doing that, the fixtures would have been all over the place. So it's difficult there. I know they only released them uh, at the end of the month. So they, they, they've got that organised from that point of view. But it, 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 as it's a predominantly Kent tier three league, I think that was the right decision. And we'll wait to see from there. And, and again, I would have thought some of these London clubs, well, I suppose they've had a people in, but people may not be. Again, I don't know what happens if, if you've got players in Kent, but play for one of these London clubs and vice versa, how it would have worked them there. I presume... Nobody's sort of worked that out there, have they, about travelling. I suppose if it's work, it's work. Yeah, I think that is the thing. I think um, there has been a, a sort of airy-fairy ruling that if you are travelling for work, uh, and apparently non-league football is deemed as work, um, so you can travel from between tiers uh, in order to, to to get those th- those games played. Um, but I think, as, as, I, as I said, the scaffold didn't have any option but to say, no, we're not playing. Um, and it, it was interesting as well, you know, th- th- no one knows what's going to happen with, with, with the rest of this season. It's We've heard there it's been extended into into May now. Um, so the normal cut-off date of April has gone. But at least it does sound like everything is, is being communicated better because in March and April, it, it was shocking, wasn't it? At least everyone kind of seems to be singing off the same hymn sheet this time, apart from the FA Vars, which we'll discuss shortly. But everyone is is in the same situation. And I think people are taking it perhaps more seriously than they were in March. Yeah, I think it, uh, I think it probably is. Um, you look at it that way, uh, maybe close to home because people don't want to ruin Christmas and things like that. So I think, uh, that's probably the, the way it should go. So, um, yeah, I think exactly somebody said there, um, there's more important things than football and it's probably the right decision. If you do agree or disagree, if Kent should be in, Tier three, being that it, I can't really um, criticise that because our rates are high. So, but I can see the the likes of certain places would be pretty miffed. Yeah, and obviously, I I, I think this is going to be reviewed again before Christmas, and I would imagine this is just my my guess. I would imagine that things are going to stay the same, and I you think don't, they're don't reckon they'll move it. I think I, I think that they will look at it and just say, well, if you're going to have this long break over Christmas, then you're going to have to suck it up and I would imagine those Boxing Day 27th games will be called off as well because I just think you've got to make sure that every at the end of the day this this is a pandemic and everyone's health is is, is paramount to all of this and, and Denise made a really good point there it's not just about uh, the, the clubs it's about the volunteers and people who would be put at risk of this and all the time the numbers are like they are I don't think you can take any other course of action. So uh, we will keep a close eye. It's another what, couple of weeks before we get, um, but before it's going to be reviewed uh, and we kind of see where things are. But if I was going to put my, my two pence on it, I would suggest that there won't be any fix, any more fixtures in the Southern Counties East League in 2020. Mm. Uh, even if certain parts go tier two, probably because of the organisation maybe. So, well, well, I think they're in a good place to scaffold from what they've done so far. So if that if that is disappointing for the clubs, etc., but maybe the right decision. But I don't think the league overall, if everything sorts itself out, um, that will from there. 
In total, there were seven scaffold teams in the FA Vars this weekend, and we're going to hear from two of them next. Uh, first up is the chairman of Sheppey United, one of the best supported clubs in the division, who faced a trip to West Sussex to face Littlehampton. But because of the restrictions, the Arts are in a situation where they are asking their fans not to go to the game. So, so my first question to Matt Smith was, did he ever think he would be in a situation where he's basically begging fans not to go and watch Sheppey United? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe I'm still doing it, to be honest, but... Yeah, crazy times. It's uh, it, it's really important, isn't it, that everybody doesn't do that and watches the stream that you're putting on? Yes, it is. I, I think the, the frustrating thing is, do I want football back to normal yesterday? Yeah, of course I do. I want it back more than anything. But we've all got to be realistic of what's happening at the moment. And I, I keep writing about it on Facebook and places like that, that football sometimes has to take a back, back seat because of it's everyone's safety at, uh, at stake here. And... On Saturday, I'm seriously considering not going myself, believe it or not. And I never thought I'd say that ever to a Sheppey game. But I've got to do what's right for my family as, as well as the guys that I'm going to see for a little Hampton. It, it's, it's just not, they're not real times at the moment. Until this vaccine or whatever we get comes out, it, it's going to be real tough to, to get this league back up and running, especially in this tier three we find ourselves. Do you feel like the club's been put in an impossible situation with regards to the Vars? I think the, the, the FA take a, a real beating and sometimes do they deserve it? Yes. I think this competition, sh- should it have been run this year? Probably not because this was always going to happen, wasn't it? That that we were always going to be in and out of, of, of not playing, playing. As a director of the scaffold, I was obviously involved in the meeting that happened when we decided to postpone until the 26th. And to be honest, it, it, it was a no-brainer. Every, everyone on the call, all, all, all we all care about, and I know it sounds like a cliche and, and everything else, but it is about everyone's safety. And, and as clubs of both the Premier Division and Division One in that scaffold division, they've worked wonders just to get their grounds open before the lockdown with all the risk assessments, the paperwork, the hand washing. Do you know what I mean? Everything we've had to go through just to get football open. It's crazy amounts, and, and now to even think about coming back when we're in tier three, which we all know what that means. We all know because before all of this, when, when we first locked down, I was a bit probably like lots of people, blase that well, it's just a cold, it's this, it's that. But but I think now everyone knows somebody who's had it. Everyone knows somebody who's had it badly, and 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 you know you've got, you've got to be. A, I keep coming back to that word realist because you have to be because it's such awful times and, and until we get this vaccine I just can't see a way past it. It's one of those things at the moment I think for people down here in the southeast it feels so much more prevalent now than it did even in March time I think uh, especially with what happened at, obviously with Lawrence that the, the sad news out of Hollands and Blair it feels so much closer to home this time. Yes that, that's the key isn't it I, what happened to Plum is it, it's unreal and, and we obviously spoke about that on the, the call as well and, and it's and my deepest sympathies go to his family and everything, and everyone at the club. It's just, when you, when you lose a heartbeat like that from a club, it's, it's massive, and and it's just it's so strange after everything that happened at the start of the season to Holland and Blair, isn't it, that they decided to not travel when there was the outbreak in their FA Cup game, and I, and I still believe they were right to do that. It, it, it's crazy, but it, it's just bad times. It's awful. It's I don't know what 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 I can say that's positive really because. We've got a game on Saturday. I should be itching and everything else to go to that game and support the team. But let's not forget, our lads are all part-time as well. And 
And most of our lads are from London, so they're tier two. So they're, they're literally in an okay position, I suppose. But, but, but some of our lads are from tier three and, and, and we are only part time. So they've got to then come in. I think they're in Thursday night to train before a game, a competitive game as well, straight away on a Saturday, which just seems crazy, doesn't it, really? It, that, that is the, the big thing, isn't it? That you've not been allowed to train at all, and now you've got one training session, and you've got to go straight into what is a, a huge game for Sheppard United, because, let's be honest, you've got ambitions of going a long way in this competition, haven't you? Uh, yes, I, I like to think we have ambitions in every competition we go into, but... Realistically, now I think the only positive from it all is that everyone's in the same boat. Littlehampton would have probably only had one training session. I think for me, the frustrating things are going to come when let, let's touch wood as I'm talking to you and we, we get a positive result on Saturday. The next round is the 19th. We won't play another game. We, we will have to play a behind closed doors friendly, which I don't want to do. I just don't want to be doing that. I, I think we shouldn't be doing it. And look, lots been written and everything else but we're in tier three and, and the FA are saying that in tier three semi-professional football can continue behind closed doors and, and I, I just don't understand that I don't think as our league said that that's not going to happen but I still can't believe that they're, they're even contemplating it to be honest and the other thing as well is if you get a positive result on Saturday and then get a home tie on the 19th of December that's going to open up another can of worms isn't it yes and, and it's also financially John that Let's not forget to stage a game is £120, £130 for refs. That's before you've turned the floodlights on or turned the showers on in the dressing room. And with no supporters, where does that money come from? Then you've got the travelling expenses from your team that are coming to you if, if you're at home. It's it's just a money pit. As, as everyone knows, that the scaffold, it, it is a money pit this year. And, and, and to have no crowds coming in, it's just not possible. Now, have we put something in place that hopefully will generate some revenue? Yes, with our pay-per-view. That, that will help. But again, it's not the same. Every, everybody wants to come to football, but we want to come to football safely, don't we? And that's that's the key for me. And I suppose the difficulty is, is you know, obviously you're now being told that there may be fixtures back on the 26, which you'd have a big game if, if that's the one. But we've got to make sure that this is safe. And, and I suppose the, the question is, where do you think this season goes if we're looking at a longer term delay? That, that's the million dollar question, John. And that, that's, that's I've had that discussion with Ernie and Marcel, the management team. I've had it with fellow directors of the Scaffold. We, 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 we've all been talking about that, that... Where is the season going to go? Because it's not just, you can't just look at the scaffold in isolation, can you? Because obviously promotion and relegation happens to the step above and the step below. So if, if the step above don't finish their season, does that mean even if we finish, there is no promotion? I, I don't know the answer to that. I don't want to say I do because I don't. So it's a real catch-22 that it all, the whole pyramid has to finish, doesn't it? So it's not just a case of looking at everyone thinking, right, the scaffold we've got to get done. Because if, if the Ishmael League don't get done, then, then where do these teams go? Are, are they going to have 22 teams in the Ishmael South East? Or, or, do you see what I'm saying? It's, mm. a real, it's a real tough one. That, yeah, I, I just I think it, as long as we get going again in, in January, I think the season will complete. And, and hopefully the Ishmael, I don't know if they've made their announcement yet, have they? I'm, I'm unsure. I don't think anything. they have. No, so hopefully they will, and they'll get started in January as well. We we can get. I know it's been extended into May, which is good news. 
But the other issue you have there is clubs that don't have their grounds in May, where they have cricket or whatever at the ground, and they, they can't be there. So that's another can of worms that gets opened up as you extend the season. But we can only we can only deal with what we've got in front of us, John Carpenter, at the moment. And that, for Sheppey, is an FA Vars game on Saturday, which excited, looking forward to it. But will I watch it on the screen? Probably yes, which is really sad and such a shame, to be honest. And it's such a shame for our supporters that they're not going to get to go and watch the game. And, and as you started these questions off with... I can't believe I'm telling supporters not to go to a game. It's crazy, isn't it? It is. And just finally, you say the Scaffolds are a money pit this season. You're one club who have put some money into this. If the season were not to finish, that money would all be wasted. And do you think there may be teams who would look and say in the future they wouldn't be wanting prepared to put money in and people who would sort of pull out of the game? I think, John, what you've also got to remember is uh, ourselves, we, we have contracted players. So for the last month, we, we've paid players to, to sit at home and do their training and that's part of their contract. That's that's what it is. So that's what we've had to do. So <laughs> the, the, the teams that are talking about the throwing money, it's not just if you're playing, it's if you're not playing as well. You've still got to pay wages. So uh, for me, it, it, Sheffield United is a club that is sustainable. So... Yes, we are. We've, we've attracted more sponsors this year, so we, we have been able to make that jump. I think for us, it was always trying to be in that top two, top three. And I think as we've shown at the beginning of the season, we still undefeated, and that win at Corinthians was critical. And, and I think we're in a great place, although we're sitting in third or fourth, whatever it is. I think we've only nine games played. It's very hard to see where the season's going to go, isn't it? But in, in terms of the money, it's yeah, it's crazy at the moment. You can sense the frustration there, Matt, can't you? It's difficult for for Matt Smith to be sitting there. And and as you said, he's not even sure if he wants to go himself to the game. And that kind of shows the the quandary that a lot of these clubs are in. Yeah. um, Some part of me thinks, should those Vars games go ahead, really, to be honest, if they've got involved in tier three sides? So fair play to Sheppey. They've got to fulfil the fixture. Is, Is the Vars... Now a trophy that's probably not, maybe don't want to get involved in, in some sort of way. I know the, I haven't even finished last year's. You could be playing games in that competition and not playing league games. Could that affect your league campaign? I'm not saying that they, they're not going to try and win on Saturday. I'm sure they will try and. Here's win the thing for me on that, right? Sheppey United, Chatham Town, Corinthian, all in the Vars this weekend. Uh. All three of those have a realistic chance of being promoted this season. Yeah. Yeah. This could therefore be their chance. Because if you get promoted into the Isthmian League, you're not playing in the Scaffold next year. You're not playing in the FA Vars. So therefore, that's where the difficulty lies. Chatham, I think if Chatham Town get promoted, they won't come back to this level. So I think it's safe to say this is their last chance to get to Wembley. So they've got to go and win that game. Sheppard United, the same. If they go up, I think they'll they'll progress. Like I'm not saying they're going to have a meteoric rise out of Dorking Wanderers, but they'll keep on going. They'll keep on going. Is this their last chance to get to Wembley? And that is the massive, massive problem that they're all facing. Well, what is more important, winning the league or playing at Wembley, which might not have been played? What if, so they haven't even played last year's final yet. So I think... It's good that they're getting players. How do they treat? How do they treat this game? Is it 
a glorified pre-season friendly to get the players fit. We know they won't be playing for three weeks after that as well. Or do they go and right go in with the competition and just use it to get 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 games under their belt as well, saying right, we want to win this game because we want to play on the nineteenth or whatever the next round is. So it, it's an interesting one, but the issues you have going on with this competition, a bit like the trophy, which we'll talk about later, but in Dover's point of view, so is it a competition that you, it's not the end of the world now? In a normal season, I'm with you, but in this sort of season, is it one you think? Mm, if we go out, we go out. Well, we shall see. I mean, we're looking forward to those games on Saturday. Uh, I will tell you the, the rest of the fixtures, actually, before we move on to our, our final interview. So on Saturday, we've got Glebe against Kennington. Uh, Kennington, 200 matches in charge for their manager, Dan Scorer, at the weekend. He would love to mark that with a with a big upset uh, for the Scaffold Division 1 leaders. Uh, Hamworth Villa against Corinthian. Uh, Hawley Town is the destination for Chatham Town. Littlehampton against Sheppey United, as we all discussed, and Salt Dean United against Deal Town, who remain the most recent Kentish winners of the competition. And for them, well, it's Salt Dean in your way, neck of the woods. That's not epic. far away. Yeah, they're uh, they're this side of Brighton, so yeah, yeah not too far away um, for them. But it's still, quite a schlep for for Deal Town to, uh, to to make their way over. And then on Sunday, uh, there is a game Stansfeld against AFC Hayes. That's actually in the first round. Uh, these ties uh, on Saturday are all in the second round because it is still uh, a bit up in the air because Stansfield's game with Hayes was called off uh, before the lockdown. Um, so it is an interesting quandary. And those, as you say, it could be something that really impacts on their season. But on the flip side of that, if these teams win on Saturday, they get another competitive game in yeah. this month. So that, 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 that must play a part of it. If you're right, we can get another game in. We don't know about training. We don't know, but I presume they can... Yeah, they must be able to train. Yeah, sort. training is, is permitted. So, yeah, um, so so there's nothing better than... Will, there, will some of these sides organise a sort of pre-season, you know, a friendly with other clubs? That's another thing, but it's probably another thing, not for this conversation. But. No, there, but I know for a fact there are some friendlies involving this league teams on Saturday, and we'll come on to that uh, later on in the show. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, you probably, yeah, if, yeah, if you're going to get... Even if you don't think you're going to win it, you want to win the whole competition, or winning on this one, give, these guarantees you at least another game which may be, in the, in the scheme of things, a good one to do. Yeah, so we've gone from league chairman to a club chairman. So now let's go to a manager. A Corinthian reached the semi-finals of the FA Bars this last season. And this weekend, they face a difficult trip to face Hanworth Villa, unbeaten in the combined counties league so far this season. Now, on Tuesday night, a video emerged on Twitter, which was claimed to be a training session being held by the Corinthian squad. And their manager, Baker extraordinaire Michael Goldie, will put the record straight on that later on. But we do start this conversation by talking about that tie at Hanworth Villa on Saturday. Really looking forward to the game. Um, I think obviously we've got to be aware that there's still a pandemic going on, and, that, and there's a lot more important important things in football. But but the FA have made this decision that we've got to play, so, so we've got to prepare for that, and, and we'll be in training properly on Thursday, ready for Saturday. Um, I think in terms of the tie itself, it is very very tough, but but one that we'll look forward to. They've had a really good start to the season, haven't they, Hamworth Villa? I think they're unbeaten in the league. Yeah, really strong. I think they've won eight, drawn one. I went over to see them when they drew two all. Um, and I was really impressed with them. They, they've got a really nice setup. The ground's really nice. Like I said, it's a good setup down there. Um, they've got some really good players, particularly going forwards. They look really strong. So, so yeah, we're, we're under no illusions. It's probably, in terms of what we could have drawn at this this stage, other than avoiding probably the, the Sheppies, Chathams, and maybe deals from our league, is probably up there with the hardest that we could have got. From a, a club point of view, I guess it's a tough one because I've seen you play a couple of times. I know your families all like to go, but I'm guessing they won't be going on Saturday. 
No, I think that's the disappointing thing for us is particularly a club like Corinthians that's the orientated that, that we won't be able to have people coming with us so um, it, it'll be down to the boys that if we want to keep this bars run going and everyone knows what we did last year and, and we've got to try and improve on that this year um, it, it's down to us to stay in the hat and hopefully we can get a home draw and we'll be out of tier 3 and we can have some fans back in the ground to watch us but but yeah there'll, there'll be no Corinthian fans there on Saturday other than the directors and, and the people involved in the club directly so that, that that's probably the disappointing aspect. And you say, hopefully, if you get a home tie, but if you do get a home tie, if you were to get through and you do get a home tie and it's not eased, what does that mean? Will you play behind closed doors? Can you do that? Yeah, so I, I had, well, we can do that. It's essentially the, the club's decision because the, the chat I had the other day with the club is it costs between 250 and 300 pounds just to put on a scaffold match. Um, and that's an ordinary, ordinary match. I think on Tuesday night you've got floodlights, you've got this to pay for the officials. So, so it's a huge outlay for the club. Um, ultimately, again, it, it's a difficult decision, isn't it? Because there's so much going on, and we can't have people in the ground at the moment. But it is the lifeblood, and we we don't get a great deal of support. It's increased over the last eighteen months. We're now up to roughly a three-figure average, and it all just goes to helping towards paying those bills. And that's probably the bit that maybe the FA don't quite realise at our level what the impact of behind closed doors actually is on the clubs. And like I say, I completely get it, and I understand we're in tier three, and, and we're we're fully supportive of that. But it's just that it just helps so much towards the running costs of any kind of club. It's it's been really hard as well because obviously you've not been able to train. Um, you've got one training session but before the game, and then obviously I guess will you still be training if you get through, or or what will happen? That's the difficulty, and the, and the boys have all been asking, and on the group chats and the phone calls that we've had, is that they're all trying to work out. Obviously, it's getting closer to Christmas, so the boys are trying to get in as much work as possible to try and earn as much money for Christmas, where some of them have not had work a great deal over the lockdown period, all the way back to March. Some of them have been on furlough, and they're now starting to come out of that. So, so it's difficult because obviously, if the league go ahead with the fixtures on Boxing Day, or our games move to the 27th, but if we go ahead with that, we want to be ready, and we we want to try and keep our momentum in the league. But ultimately, we don't want to just be training for the sake of it. So it, it's difficult. Hopefully, we win and hopefully we're in that draw for the 19th. But I think until until we actually get through this weekend and then we can reassess where we're at, where we're at, sorry, and then and then kind of go from there. But it, it's just really it's just the uncertainty yet again of knowing what's going to happen. And you say about momentum as well. You, you've had a great start to the season, and and it's all just kind of been completely curtailed. Yeah, I think we, we bounced back. The Sheppey result was disappointing, but I think we bounced back with that. We had we had a couple of tough away games and we came through those unscathed, which is important. Uh, and it's just about momentum. It's the same for every team. Everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's had to stop for a month. So so there's certainly been no complaining. Regardless of the result on Saturday, we won't be saying this out or the other. Um, it'll be down to the day. It makes it probably more of a lottery, I think, in my opinion. But it's, it's not down to that momentum. It is down to who turns up on the day and who's got the better players. Um, but yeah, momentum's key for, for any teams at the top of the league that, that are playing so well. We've talked uh, away from the podcast about the lack of defending that there seems to have been and, and how many goals yeah. there's been. Do, do you think there's a chance that now we're back in action, it's going to be even more insane, defenders being rusty and there's going to be loads and loads of goals everywhere? Potentially. I think it's natural when you when you look at the leagues in Skeffel, um, there, there's so much money spent on attacking players because they are the ones that get all the headlines and they are the ones that score you the goals. Um, so you've almost got step three, four strikers playing against some step five defenders. So naturally, there is an imbalance. Um, but yeah, I, I would expect there to be some crazy scorelines this weekend. And I think 
the vase, you've got one shot at that. So it's one of those, isn't it? You'd rather you'd rather potentially lose three nil rather than go out one nil with a bit of a damp squib. So yeah, I, I would imagine there'll be some high scoring games if I was a betting man. That I'd have uh, some few plus four goals games. And obviously, it, it, there has been a lockdown and everything like that. There was a video that was uh, put out on Tuesday night on social media that I saw um, that said it was some Corinthian players at, at training. It was a long way away, um, but were were your team all, all out training on Tuesday night? No, absolutely not. So what we've done, and, and we've been honest the whole way through, and, and we've provided a service for the boys under no organisation that if they wanted to come and use the pitches for running, um, then they're more than welcome to do that in their, their pairs, which you're allowed to do out on the street. And we've just taken a view as a club that, that we'd rather have them, if they wanted to, at the club under floodlights rather than out running on the roads. And, and some of them have gone out and done their own bits. We've not set them training programmes and we've not done the Zoom workouts like we did in the first lockdown. We've, we've said to the boys that it's, it's a one-month lockdown. You need... Excuse me. You need to be prepared to come back ready to play, um, and, we, and we've offered that throughout. So we, we've had low numbers. We had probably ones and twos in the first week, and all we've done is just manage that situation. Um, the video, being completely honest, doesn't look great, but we've not done anything against the rules as set out by the government. Um, the boys, I think we had 12 in last night, and they were running. They were doing their own different bits and pieces, socially distanced across the pitch. Um, fully supported by the club and like I say it's not been compulsory to the boys they've had the option if they wanted to come in on any night of the week not just a training night um, and I think with with nothing on other than sitting at home watching Netflix it's been quite nice on a few occasions to get out there and, and see the boys working and, and that's I think one of the beauties of our club is we're able to provide that service for the boys if they want to use it and like I say some of them haven't some of them haven't and and hopefully we'll, we'll be, see the benefits of that on Saturday but but if not we'll, we'll certainly go again and see what happens in the future and I'm guessing Thursday night's training session is going to be a, a fairly intense one is it? It's, that's the difficulty, isn't it? You want to you want to try and get enough into the boys' legs that they're they're ready to go and play. And we've got to go over all the tactical stuff for Hamworth. I went to watch them just before the lockdown, like I said. So at, at, we've got probably got the the most intense training session, probably the longest training session that the boys are going to have. We've told them to bring their sleeping bags <laughs> to um to be prepared for a bit of a late one. So yeah, it's frustrating. You don't want to take up their whole life. You don't want to do too much. But at the same time, we, we want to be as prepared as we can do, uh, as we can be, to make sure that, that we cover all bases. Just finally, this is a really difficult situation for everybody, isn't it? Because obviously, we're here, we're talking about what well, is an important game for, for Corinthian on Saturday. But there is still this virus sweeping through. And, and it feels, I've said to the, the, the other people who've got on the show, it feels so much closer to home at the moment that, that, than it ever has done before. Yeah, absolutely. I think with the fact that Kent have moved from some areas of a tier one effectively before the, the national lockdown into a tier three, it just shows how close it is. I mean, personally at school, we've had year groups sent home in the last week, which we've kind of avoided over the over the period of COVID. Um, but this week alone, we've had two different year groups had to go home. So it, it just shows you how, how dangerous it still is. And, and there are still cases. And I know personally, I've not seen family members for, for a very, very long time now because we've got to stick by those rules. So it is tough and it, it does put everything into perspective. And you, I kind of wish that the FA had the foresight to say with all the leagues pretty much in the tier three areas saying that there's no fixtures, that, that we'd go ahead and say, right, there's no VARs until January and then we'd reassess it. But I think what the FA have done the whole way through is make it very, very clear that they intend to finish last year's VARs, this year's VARs to get their promotion and relegation to get their new uh, leagues in place. And yeah, it, it's difficult because we've got to abide by that. And I think what we're seeing on Twitter is more and more teams are dropping out this weekend because of round trips 
a three-hour round trip to more than that, going from a tier three area into another tier, tier three area. And teams are just making that decision that maybe it's not quite worth it. Um, obviously, the ultimate goal is to win games of football and to get to Wembley in the Vars. But sometimes, well, all the time, life is more important than that. And particularly at the moment, like you say, it is so close to home that, that it's certainly a decision. And, and we've said to the boys as well, that if, if they don't feel comfortable travelling on Saturday and they'll have to make their own travel arrangements, that, that there's no pressure on them to play. If they've got family situations or work situations that they're worried about, we've got boys going on holiday over Christmas that, that have said they can't play because they can't risk getting COVID, um, then that's up to them. So so we'll put together what we've got. And, and we certainly won't be under strength, but we won't be we won't be at full strength by any stretch. So I know there are two or three players already that, that can't play because of different reasons. That's a big game uh, for Corinthian on, on Saturday, Matt, and a, and a pretty tough one. He, he said there he's been to watch them. And I know Michael Golden does like to do his prep and goes to watch uh, teams whenever he can. And he said, yeah, they're pretty handy. So it's, it's going to be a tough one, that. But again, what have they got to fear? Because from last year, they beat a lot of top teams from all over the country. Yeah. Um, very unlucky not to get to the final, weren't they, uh, in that competition? That hasn't um, been played yet. Which hasn't been played yet, which again, that'd have been an interesting one if they were in the final and they were still playing in this year's competition, but that's a different story. Yeah, I think they may want to use it again, different to the other ones that they have um, same so close, right? We want to right the wrongs of last time to getting in there into that point of view. But again, the league, they're bread and butter, these sides, and they're not playing the games. I think this competition, oh, it's important, I think it's probably to to get you in the gears. I don't think it's that important, but uh, Corinthian might fancy it. They might really fancy it. Yeah. I, I did also, I also enjoy that bit where I said about uh, being more goals because I do chat to Michael Golden over text every now and then. And we, and we've talked before about the lack of uh, sort of defending that there seems to have been in the scaffold. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if there is a, the odd game on, on Saturday that finishes four, four definitely teams are just going for it. And, and I think if there's going to be any rustiness, it's going to be at the back, isn't it? Um, yeah, I suppose, I suppose players, you know, not playing for a few weeks, you can probably get into it, you know how to play football, so just get yourself organised, get working with the players, and it goes from there, I presume it's just, you're looking at this, it's probably, if you're looking back at the time, this is like July games, is it, if you missed a month, you're coming back in, you've got a pre-season friendly, not, I would treat it as that. If you can, I don't know how many subs they can use, but take the squad there, utilise your squad. If you get a result, you go through. And I say the most important thing, you might have another game before the 26th. If you do that, it gives you momentum going into the league season. So I, I still just, I just don't. I'm gonna, if we, yeah, of course, we'll be the f- first ones climbing the golden arches, mate. If Kent's side got to Wembley, but at this point on the 2nd of December, I'm thinking this is a waste of time competition, and I don't know if I'm being too harsh on that. No, you put, 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 I see exactly what you're saying, but you know, you, you've got to, I suppose, just got to win football matches, as, as Michael said there. And he did also point out, which, which you were discussing earlier, that there have been teams, uh, certainly up in the northern areas, who have who have pulled out uh, of the Vars f- for similar reasons. And he also said, you know, we've put the ball in our players' court and said to them, if you don't feel comfortable travelling, if you don't feel comfortable doing that, if you don't feel comfortable playing, then then please don't. And I think that's. That's the right sort of attitude for for Corinthian to be taking, and you know it was very 
you know, very gracious about the fact that the families can't go because that's the big thing about Corinthian. When I've seen them play, it's such a family club. You know, Michael's wife and kids are there and his assistant manager's family are all there. And, you know, they're all really getting behind the team and everything. And, and none of them will be able to go on Saturday. And, and that's the difficult thing. And as Matt Smith said as well, the Sheppey chairman, that's the hardest thing is, is that the people who put their blood, sweat and tears into these football clubs are the ones who are kind of missing out on these opportunities because it's more of a, a fulfilment than, than a want, I suppose, to play these fixtures. Yeah, I, I think it is. But again, hopefully when everybody can get back together, we can sort of get back into that. But Corinthian and Sheppey, where, where were the hand where's where, where's that based hanworth is over in feltham so sort of west Sorry, of london right. all right yeah yeah sounds a quite a nice place we had these before Did yeah they, they, they've been around at, they're one of those clubs that a lot of Always our team places. seem to draw yeah, yeah. yeah like a collier's wood and yeah and places but, like that so yeah so i presume you, you know all the players players can't go together on the coach so they have to go separately so as well so it's maybe it's is it, is it a bit of a chore? Probably not, because you can back playing football. But um, it's a tough one. What you said there, it's a nice ground to go to. So we, 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 we'll see how they get on. So um, if we walk, yeah, game, I'll be blowing, blowing our own trumpet when we get to Wembley, but <laughs> not at the current moment in time. Yeah, and the, also, league, the league's our bread and butter, I think. Yeah, and, uh, and just and the competition going back you, I just to the league, Matt, yeah. as as you were say, as you're saying there, I, I thought the comment of Matt Smith uh, towards the end of his piece, um, and I'm backtracking there, but uh, about how you know clubs have put a lot of money into this season and and it's it's all got to be sorted out but it's all got to tie in together and and that's the the big issue isn't it yeah yeah i think that's what it is um when do the league take shape it's taking shape now we've bigged up the three sides one of them who are going to win it um and these clubs definitely want to win it and and again what he says there as well i think what i was led to believe when i spoke to matt pantin that the side who finished second would play side in the league above as well so I think it's all going to be linked in that way there's no good if the scaffold finishes in April and the other one's still going in June is it so it's all very confusing but the bread and butter of the league um, for this competition and hopefully if it's not going to be in December definitely January we can get things going again and um, with the news of the vaccine that things can can get some sort of normality um, on and off for a while yeah talking um, into the Isthmian League uh, which is still in a situation where they haven't uh, made any announcement of what of what's happening at the moment uh, with regard to to what's going to happen with the restart. Uh, there are FA Trophy games scheduled for next Tuesday. Uh, only one of them involves a team uh, from it involves a game in Kent, which is Margate's home game against Burgess Hill. Will Margate be happy playing that behind closed doors? We don't know. Uh, Cray Wanderers, obviously, they have a London. Uh, they're in the London Borough of Bromley, uh, so they're away to Uxbridge. I'd imagine that game will go ahead. But then on the 12th of Saturday, there's two games in Kent um, in, in the South East Division. And then the fixture schedule has been released. Um, Matt, I don't know if you saw this last week, but Steve Watt of Hythe Town was pretty uh, bemused by it. I don't think Ben Smith of Herne Bay was overly thrilled because the fixtures are just coming ridiculously thick and fast. So High Towns, take them as an example, uh, play on the uh, schedule to be playing on the 19th, the 22nd, the 26th and the 28th um, of December. So they're going to have had six weeks off from competitive action and then be chucked into that many games in that short space of time. That doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. No, you see the Premier League moaning about that with muscle injuries and we've seen them. The games, a lot of clubs have got muscle injuries from there. 
Are they allowed five subs if they've got enough players in the squad? Are they going to allow that in this division as well? It'd be interesting to see. But um, I suppose games, uh, when you look to that league, there's not many um, games played by certain clubs. So you are playing catch up. And eventually, my biggest concern out of all this as well, John, is January and February, you know, we get either wind or rain or snow. What happens then if you're not playing for a couple of weeks? It's all going to be chaos. So I suppose eventually you've got to get the fixtures in. But there has got to be some, you've got to think of the long-term effect on the bodies of some of the players here. And, 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 if you can get, and if you can get fans in, it's the finances as well, people coming to watch these games. I know people haven't seen games, but it, it all comes at a cost from both sides. It's, it is, it's just so difficult. And, and I mean, I don't know, really know, the Eastman League are in a really difficult situation because obviously they, most of their clubs are not in Tier 3. Uh, most of them are in London, Essex, which are in Sussex, which are obviously tier two. So can they afford to pause the season for the sake of, I think it's 14 clubs, something like that. Um, so it's, it is a really, really difficult situation. So we're waiting to see uh, what's going to happen in terms of those games. But as things stand, there is going to be a game behind closed doors at Margate on Tuesday. So uh, we shall see, what happens, I suppose? Yeah, um, I presume Margate got to, if they don't play, will they be chucked out of the trophy? I honestly don't know on that basis. So, um, it's, I, again, I think the trophy, they rushing this in in so much time as well. It seems a bit wrong to me on that basis. But we, we, it is what it is. I'm moaning that I'm, I'm moaning that we're playing, seeing football being played here, and we are a football podcast, so. I've been a bit miserable today, haven't I? Yeah, you have. Um, well, let's cheer you up then. Uh, Dover Athletic in the middle of a month unbeaten run, mate. Um, how how far were you on your trip when you got word that the game was off yesterday? Um, I was um, driving because I had to pick some, go to folks to buy Folkestone to pick up something. And I got a text saying, you might want to pull over because... Um, Which you didn't read while you were driving. No. No, 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 because my car does something clever now. Right, good. Um, so that uh, does it from there. So but I pulled over by Dover Castle. So I had a lovely view. Because, of course, can't go and see my mum and dad because of the situation. So um, uh, so I sat there. Then I got confirmation that it was off. So I rang Richard Harvey, the uh, Dover extraordinaire kit man. And he said, yeah, he's pulled over. Um, 99% chance it's going to be called off. And we got the confirmation that it is that one of the Dover players got it. And now for the next two weeks, um, Dover uh, will not be playing. So we will be five weeks unbeaten in the league, I think, because... Well, the next league game is Boxing Day. Wow. But they, but they have got the trophy. Well, they could have the trophy. Depends if games are being played or they're supposed to say something from there. But they might be able to rearrange a game or something, I suppose. Probably don't know till the day before. So that's it from there. But that's as it is, Welling have had it. Absolutely have had it. Dover have had it. So it's probably inevitable, isn't it, that it comes this way? I suppose so. And, and obviously, uh, first and foremost, we hope that the Dover player, whoever that is, uh, is, is feeling well and, and, and recovers well from, from the virus and that it hasn't spread around uh, the rest of the team. Um, but I, I would imagine, mate, Dover are going to be bottom of the league when they start again. Well, Yeovil are pretty hopeless as well. So um, <laughs> it probably is a good chance of everybody else is playing. Yeah. So, But again, can this work in both favours? That I know we didn't play before and we got tonked, didn't we? Well, we had a 15, 10 day, whatever it was, 17 day uh, gap. But maybe we can do a little, as they say in football, a root and branch view of the squad and work things out and see how they can uh, maybe achieve things a little bit better. So, um, 
I would say yeah, it is it is what it is. So the next game, the, the, you said about the trophy, the trophy would be quite important for David because we should be playing games. Well, yeah. Get players fit. Um, I think Ransom would have been involved at least on the bench yesterday. So, um, yeah, maybe they could look at it. And where, where do you stand on this? So, will it, could it do them a favour another few weeks off, get everybody fit? Well, get everybody fit and at least raring to go when it goes again. Well, it's, I suppose it's the opposite of what I was chatting to about Michael Golden about having lots of momentum coming into a break because there's there's absolutely zero momentum in a, in a forward direction yeah. uh, Dave, at the moment. But yeah, it might do them some good. They could take a bit of the pressure off, take them out of the firing line, um, so to speak, you know, because obviously there, there could have been some some tough games coming up. Chesterfield at home would have been a big game on Saturday. Chesterfield obviously just got a new manager. Then you'd have had another game on, on Tuesday, wouldn't you, as well, at home Solly to Solly Hall, which you'd yeah, also maybe. got absolutely tonked in. <laughs> so, you know, it, I think it will do, probably do you some good to have a little, take these players who are struggling with the weight of everything out of the firing line for a little bit, have some time with them on the training ground. And then, you know, if you get a nice winnable FA Trophy tie and then can build a bit of momentum from that, when you go into the game on Boxing Day against Dagenham and Redbridge, you, you'll be in a good situation. So, you know, I think it's it's not the worst thing that's happened probably to Dover Athletic to, to have this this enforced break. But obviously the, the virus is, is, is a bad thing. So we can't ever look at it as a positive. But I think it may, in the long run, just, just help you you know, because you have been in, in such a bad run of form at the moment and, and things have been pretty bleak and it gives everyone a chance to sort of recharge their batteries, doesn't it? Yeah, we've got, we've got to utilise this situation well for us. Let's go again. Let's start again. Let's start afresh. Start, forget about the first eight games, whatever it is. If we if we can compete in the next rest of the games of the season, we'll be fine. So I'm sure that's what the, the, the thing that Andy Hessenthaler will be saying to it. And I've got some breaking news, John, as well. Go on. Okay, who's my favourite ever... Who was my number one man last year on the podcast? Last year? Who was always three or 33. Oh, isn't he? He's back in the National League. Is he? Who's he joined? Barnet. Wow. On loan. So, I don't think David were playing Barnet for a while. Um, so, to be honest, um, that means that... Uh, so, he's back. I know he wasn't getting into Stevenage. And I did my prediction at the start of the season that Ira Jackson would score more league goals than the Effiong. I think they're both level on target. I think Effiong's got a penalty. So, and then Ira Jackson hasn't actually played, so that could actually happen. So, well, so from that, so he's back in the uh, back in the national. How league. long's the loan deal? Short-term loan deal. Uh, month, well, I think. Tuesday, the twenty-sixth of January. He'll be back so, with a hat trick at Crabble if uh, if it gets extended. He's playing tonight, you know, so. Three or 33. That's it, I would say, to the Barnet supporters. So, well, one or 11, I'd probably say now, rather than three or 30. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, one team who aren't having any problems at the moment are Bromley, who are up to third in the National League after a 1-1 draw at home to Wrexham, a game that was delayed uh, for a significant amount in the first half due to a nasty injury to the Wrexham goalkeeper. And then a 4-1 win away at the leaky defence of Kings Lynn. You know, the same ones who kept a clean sheet against Dover uh, a couple of weeks ago. But Bromley... Um, they've played 11 games, so there are teams who've played fewer, but there are also teams who've played more. Two defeats for them so far, 21 goals scored. It's looking very good for, for Bromley all of a sudden. Yeah, they started, well, yeah I think their, their home form's not great, though, is it? Apart from beating Dover. Well, um, that doesn't count, does it? Thank you. <laughs> oh, you, you. I roll up the jokes, you finishing them off. So, yeah, I mean, that's fine. They've run two at home. Yeah, I'm beating away from home. Um, 
they've rolled up to third very, very quietly, haven't they? Because yeah. their waveform's been good. But last minute, coming back against Maidenhead, six points off the top, looking good for Torquay and looking for something. But yeah, I think the disappointment of last season when they probably weren't going to get in the playoffs when it ended. And now they've, they've gone again. Um, Neil Smith doing a really, really good job there. 20 score goals, as we know that. They've got strikers in the team. Organised, big physical side. Good result. Yeah, uh, Bromley, Bromley for the plat. Very, I would say, the top six or probably top ten in that division, you wouldn't, wouldn't have thought any of them probably would have been in the top ten. No. Maybe. So um, maybe this is the year in these strange times that it's the time to get... Um, time to get out. This is the year to get out of it. So uh, from that, look at that as well. Yeovil have uh, unbeaten Yeovil bottom of the league, unbeaten away from home. John, they scored <laughs> all four matches wow. away from home. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, I mean, there's not going to be many better front fours in the National League than Alabi, Cheek, Coulson, and Hackett Fairchild, which was uh, the side that Bromley had out last night. That's that is something special, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Coulson will lay things on a plate to a lot of players. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I think they're in a very healthy position. Bromley going forward. If they can keep players fit, um, Hackett Fairchild's out of a signing coming back. And Cheek's, Cheek's a machine, isn't he, at this level. So, I think, uh, yeah, very good. Very good. Um, yeah, very very good chance that uh, Bromley can at least get in the playoffs this season, I think. Yeah, well, let's hope so. Because obviously last year they had such a fantastic start and then tailed off. Uh, But hopefully this time things will work out uh, for Neil Smith and Bromley. Uh, This weekend there will be a game for them, unlike um, for Matt's beloveds. Uh, They will be playing at home to Stockport County uh, on Saturday. Stockport County, obviously, in the FA Cup third round. They got West Ham, didn't they, at home? Yeah, good draw. It's a good draw for them. Bromley um, home to Stockport, is it? That's a good game. On Saturday, yes. Uh, and then on Tuesday night, Bromley are at home again to unbeaten away from home, Yeovil Town. So a couple of interesting fixtures uh, for Bromley this week. Obviously, both Dover games, uh, they were supposed to be at home to Chesterfield at home, so they have both been postponed, just to confirm. Uh, mentioned Stockport in the FA Cup, Matt. I, I remember... Dover played Marine in the FA Trophy, was it, a couple of years yeah. ago? And you said they were a fantastic club. So you must have been absolutely delighted, not only when they got through, but then to pull out Spurs at home. Absolutely fantastic for the club, who are only the second ever team from Step 8, which is the same level as uh, your Ramsgates, your Herne Bay, Ismail League, South East level, to reach the FA Cup third round and then to pull out Tottenham. Brilliant for them. Yeah, they're a really great club. Um, they beat Dover in the trophy and... You know, they brought a load of fans down there and you thought they'd won the um, competition when they were so excited. They really played, played Dover off the park. So, kept to look out for their results and things like that. So, I'm absolutely delighted for them. So, I just hope, I think they'll read something. They might have to move it move it from the ground, Marine, because I don't know if it's going to be COVID safe for the amount of people or new media that's going to go to the ground. So, hopefully they can work it out and hopefully they can get fans in because they're really good fans. So, I'm absolutely delighted for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Internationally South. And of course, Matt, we haven't even talked about the game you went to on Saturday yet, have we? Uh, Tunbridge Angels beaten 2-1 at home by Hemel Hempstead Town, but they did bounce back on Tuesday night with a 2-0 win over Concord Rangers at home, a much-needed home win. But what did you make of them on Saturday? It was quite a good game. I quite enjoyed the game against Hemel. Um, The game sort of changed. Tunbridge went in front. Um, Hemel probably probably gets to run a play. Tunbridge went on front. Then Tunbridge got a penalty. So then um, Hemel got a penalty. And then the game sort of changed on a Tom Beer was sent off. And it was one of these fouls. 
it was at Tombridge had a corner. Hamble got the ball, brought on the counter attack, and he was just still in his own half. And he's 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 made a foul, you know, a professional foul to help his team out. It's quite high. I didn't think it was between a yellow and a red. You know, one of them. Yep. So, um, yeah. So, no intention for getting the ball, and maybe he went in a bit high for it. But I thought it was a yellow and a red. From that point on, for the next ten minutes, Hemel all over Tunbridge. But then Hemel had a player sent off themselves, and that changed the complexion of the game in the second half. And Tunbridge had plenty of the ball. Not too much creativity, not too much in front. And then Hemel came in, it brought a sub on and they won the game. But good to see that Tunbridge bounced back from against Concord. Concord, I know, struggling a bit this season. Just Concord are waiting for their game at Wembley, which were never going to come. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's a good result. But they'll be fine. Strong at the back. It was interesting after the game as well. Um, Saturday that I don't know how you look at this. Um, Henley, the keeper, and Sonny Miles basically had a bit of a scrap after the final whistle. Um they th- I think Henley thought that, uh, sorry, Miles thought Henley should have saved the shot, which I'm probably agreeing with, with Sonny Miles on that. But uh, it shows a bit of passion um, on the sidelines as well. And I'm quite happy if players are going to, you know, get it into each other if that shows that they care so much. But it was quite interesting. He had a game that had a bit, game that had a bit of everything, really, which I quite enjoyed. Good stuff. It's interesting you say about that red card because when I was at the uh, Ebbsfleet Tunbridge game, uh, Matt Davidson, friend of the show, celebrating his uh, his his big birthday today. So happy birthday uh, to Matt Davidson for for today. Uh, but he said Steve McKim encourages his players to take a yellow card. He will say to them if there's a chance to to stop an attack early and and bring someone down, take that yellow card. And I, and I wonder if that's what's happened there. Yeah, I, I, I fully what he was doing. Um... Was he? He's just. It was, he was late. Was he too high? But again, then straight away the Hemel players were on him. Um, it was slippery sort of surface. So if it, I, I did, I still don't. I haven't actually seen the incident again. I don't know if it's on um, social media, but for me, as it was in his own half, a yellow would have been in. But you can see why it was given a red. But a decent game of football. Conference South is really great league this year. I think. Yeah, really good. Uh, Dartford are still top of it after their 2-1 win away to Hungerford on uh, on Saturday. Uh, really good result for them. And then also on Saturday, Mason's game was called off. Uh, and then on Tuesday night, uh, Mason were in action. A 2-2 draw at Dorking Wanderers, which is a really good result for them. I've already mentioned Angels beat Concord Rangers by two goals to nil. Uh, on Saturday... Dartford are on the road at Eastbourne Borough, a game I am attending. And uh, is that it for our Kent clubs with all the rest being off due to COVID? It looks like it very much is. It is. <laughs> there is no... Uh, one game. Just that one game. Yes, just um, just the game between Eastbourne Borough and Dartford involving us. Uh, on Tuesday night, though, there, are, there is a game. Tunbridge Angels at home to Chippenham Town. What's the matter, darling? You would have thought Maidstone would have arranged a fixture unless they couldn't get one out of all this because we'd have to, with the trophy you'd have thought the league would have said right let's let's get some fixtures played well they I mean they have moved a lot to be fair they've moved because this was supposed to be a blank weekend uh, for the trophy and there are one two three four f- seven games going ahead in the National League South and obviously bear in mind you've got Ebbsfleet and Welling both currently out of action uh, due to Covid so that's not the, the well they're not back yet no, they're not. So Ebbsfleet was supposed to be playing Concord. That is off. Ebbsfleet will be back on the 12th, I think, and the same for Welling. Um, so they've done the the best they can, I suppose, um, to, to get those fixtures in. So there's not many other games involving teams in Kent at all, are there, on Saturday? With your your game being off uh, uh, and all the wise and wherefores of that? Yeah, it's just, it is what it is, I suppose, isn't it? So um, just got to carry on and hopefully 
back so soon. What about your changing completely subject? What about your business? Can you open up? Yeah, we we are open. We've got one booking on Friday. Uh, and one for next week at the moment so uh, quiet um, but we're in a situation where we kind of got to be open so um, going back to what we're actually here to talk about uh, Dartford are top of the table with 25 points from 11 games Dorking Wanderers are two points behind but have played a game fewer St Albans eight games 20 points the other Kent sides Maidstone are in sixth with 16 points from 10 games drawn their last three matches Ebbsfleet United are eighth with 15 from nine uh, Tunbridge Angels are up to ninth in the table uh, after their second win in four games uh, they have 13 points from 10 games and Welling United have six points from their seven fixtures so they've played four games fewer I'm sure I remember Welling getting into a similar situation uh, as this last year but um, still a long long way to go in this league haven't Waterlooville incidentally 13th in the table they've played five games they've got six games in hand on the leaders which is um, quite unbelievable uh, this sort of state of the season isn't it yeah probably not till about April we're going to really sort of see this um, sort itself out but yeah a long way to go um, it, what could happen again though what you know, Welling, Ebsley, get another player thing, and then you from there. It could be a, a long, long season, which is a bit scary, really. How long it could actually last for? Yeah, yeah exactly. Anyway, that's it for the uh, for the football chat. What's, what else is going on in in Tier Three land? Uh, not much. I've been a bit miserable today, haven't I? You've been all right. No, I've been a bit. Uh, that's it. Not tier Three, not, not a lot, really. Um, I've thought, Westwood Cross is now open. I thought about going there after oh. work, but. I thought maybe the whole world's going to be out. People were queuing up to get into Pride Primark, which is mm. absolute madness on, on that score. So, um, yeah, not not really. We're just plodding on, mate, really. So, what? Nothing, uh, nothing exciting. The biggest so. news in my world this week is I've got a new phone. So, Ooh. I was due an upgrade, and um, I got, so I upgraded from my other iPhone. You had an upgrade recently? Still work. No, two years it's been. Oh, I've had my phone four years. Yeah, I know. Well, I I normally do keep them for four years, but I thought I've got the opportunity to get this new phone. And do you know what? It it was so seamless. And you what know, have you got now then? I've got an iPhone 12 now. Oh, and I had oh. an XR before, but th- like wh- when I've got previous new iPhones, like I've, it's had a new feature that sort of made me go, oh wow. So you know, like my first iPhone was was just a bog standard. My second one had all oh, fingerprint. Uh, ID. When last one had Face ID, this one is exactly the same as the other one. It's obviously better and works faster and it's 5G ready and everything. But Apple have made the process so seamless. I almost was sat here doing it, thinking, I wish this was a bit more complicated. Do, do you know what I mean? Is this the thing? So I set my, is this the one where you press the uh, put it on top of the other one and it just does it all for you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very bizarre. So- so yeah, so, oh, so what are you gonna do? You sell your other phone? Oh, it's going back to um, to Vodafone as in exchange for me getting fifteen quid a month off my bill. So, um, so yeah, I've basically sold it back to them. So, but yeah, it's just a bit, you know, I, I like my new phone. I'm quite happy with it. It's, it's, but I just was kind of sitting there thinking, but where's the where's the complications in this? Where's the bit where I start effing and blinding because it's lost all my photos? It, it just doesn't do that anymore. It's a bit boring, really, you know. Well, wow. let's, let's, modern, let's... modern technology, mate. You see? Yeah, I know. But there you go. One of those things. But basically, uh, yeah, nothing. Nothing's going on with me, really. I've Come got a work. year's free Apple TV as well with my new phone. Oh, so I'm gonna get take them up on that at some point. I don't know if there's anything I'll watch on that. Um, because I mean, I'm I've not quite finished Netflix yet or Amazon Prime, so 
Is um, it? I was going to say, have you got a telly that's got Apple TV on, or have you got a Chrome? I think I can get the app through um through my telly. So. There you go. It's exciting, but I always listen. Yeah, I'm just. I've been a bit miserable today, apart from the egg thing, which I voted for. I think you've had a few votes, haven't you? We have had plenty of votes, and uh, you're pretty much, uh, as I was expecting, on the on the wrong side of this vote. Oh, at the moment, inside 37 minutes, we've had uh, 24 votes at the moment, and uh, 67% uh, agree that the yolk is the best part of the egg. 25% think that it's both as good as each other, and only 8% of people uh, of our voters at the moment think that the uh, the white is the standout bit of the egg. Uh, you can find that poll, uh, of course, on our Twitter show. page, which is at Kent NL Podcast. So do you get involved in that. It's the highlight of this week's show because I've been very miserable, John. You I haven't been why. miserable. Well, it's I, well I was critical of the VARs, wouldn't I? Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's one of those things, mate. You can't be... You, you can't. It's not as if you're sitting there saying, oh, you've been all right, you've been fine. Don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a grade later on when we have your appraisal, OK? That's right, good. Mate. Apart from that, yeah, everything's... Well, I've got no football for couple of weeks now have i so maybe that's in the back of back of my mind thinking oh no football for a while because uh i was supposed to be watching four games and now they've all been pulled from my thing so you might get sent somewhere on the 12th i suppose there's a few games uh, no, that... i've got to work then i've got to work do the day job so i can't do i can't do the 12th, oh, so. oh that's a pain for you so, no fo- so um i'll have to watch more your boys chelsea in the champions league to get myself going excited playing tonight eight o'clock Oh, the dog, the dog, have you, oh, as we're trying to get a dog in our family, have I told you that? No. We're, we're hoping to get a dog. Right. You're, you're not a dog man, eh? No. And there's a good programme on BBC Two called 12 Puppies and I, and it's about families and dogs. So we all sat down as a family and watch it and thinking, I'll be clearing up a lot of beep. Yep. When, but, that's yeah. exactly why I don't want one. Yeah, exactly. That, that is, so that, so um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's just the preparation for that. We'll be watching that programme. So that's, the highlight of the week program. There's nothing else on. We watch an old episodes of Gogglebox. Do you watch Gogglebox? I, I no, I, I can't abide it. I think it's horrible. No, no, no. We we quite enjoy that. But we, it, it, well, there's nothing on when you're watching two year two year old episodes of Gogglebox. There needs to be something more on the telly. Yeah, apparently I've just had an email from Spotify. Uh, other music streaming services are available, informing me that over the course of 2020 so far, I have listened to 4,386 minutes of Spotify. Uh, which I've just calculated is 73 hours. Uh, I mean, I listen to it a lot in the car, so that's probably where it's going. I use Amazon, you see, in the car. Oh, no, I use Spotify, so it's it's all done through my phone. So, Um, But my mum and dad have got my Amazon, uh, have got my Spotify account as well uh, on their uh, smart speaker. So while my top... while my top artists are of course the sort of thing I would like, uh, my fourth most listened to artist this year on Spotify is uh Dinah Ross and I haven't listened to any of my Dinah Ross music this year so that's obviously what my mum listens to when she sat at home uh with with nothing else to do and her smart speaker um it's quite funny because because we do she does have the Spotify through my account I can sometimes be sat in the car listening to my music and then all of a sudden be interrupted by Lay Miz or something like that and I'm like no <laughs> to phone my mum up and say no you can't listen to the, to the music i'm listening to it well, well it's very caring you to share your account with your parents oh, no. yeah. maybe your dad's into diana ross it might, it might not be your mum no it's my mum oh, yeah. it's definitely my mum 
but uh but yeah so 73 hours worth of spotify what a way to spend 2020 the most unusual of years anyway thank you everybody for listening uh, to this week's can only podcast as i said don't forget to get involved in our poll the poll of all polls which is currently on the uh, Kent Only podcast Twitter at Kent Only podcast. Uh, which part of the egg is the best? The poll closes just an hour before we record next week's show, so we'll give you the results. Uh, then you've got plenty of time to to make your decisions as well. Uh, find us on Facebook at by searching Kent Only podcast. You can find me on Twitter at John Phipps eighty one. You can find Matt at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, thank you to all three of our guests for the time uh, this week, and uh, of course thanks to Matt for bringing his cheerful self along uh, to join me for this week's show. And thank you most of all to every single person out there for listening and we'll be back with you next week for more news about this virus and maybe even some football as well thanks for listening i'm going to be more cheery next week mate even though i'll be missing my football but as you said dover unbeaten for a month in the league going places <laughs> <laughs>